Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm in the, I guess, the catbird seat, as you would say. I know the guy's heart. I know he's got a good heart. Obviously, mistakes have been made, and he's going to pay for them. You just hope that they don't lead down a more permanent road. That is Kyle Williams there of the Buffalo Bills, defensive tackle, talking about Marcel Darius and his four-game suspension. Matthew Collar and Nate Geary back here on Sports Talk Saturday. Ryan Telbit, who is writing now for NewYorkUpstate.com, has posted something that kind of speaks to what Sal and I were getting at earlier about changing expectations and how mine are different. And this really hits the nail on the head of why my expectations for the Buffalo Bills do not change this year with a rough training camp. ESPN Insider ranked every NFL team's schedule based on the quarterbacks they will play against. And the Bills came in 30th. That's the good way of 30th. That they are playing the 30th 30th best quarterback schedule against Carson Palmer, Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson, and one time Tom Brady. Everybody else is highly questionable to me. Joe Flacco at this point in his career, highly questionable. I don't have much respect for Ryan Fitzpatrick, especially the way he played in the last week. And really in both bills games, don't know what to think of Jared Goff yet, but Uh, Rex Ryan against a rookie quarterback could be problematic. They don't even know who the starter is in San Francisco. Andy Dalton uh, has come along and has made the playoffs a bunch, but just a good quarterback, not great. We'll see with Blake Bortles and Derek Carr. Those could be the wild cards for this. And RG3, who has looked good in preseason, but I don't know what to make of that because a lot of people look good in preseason, like EJ Manuel last year. Blake Bortles and Derek Carr are the swing guys for that stat or that ranking that ESPN Insider had because if Blake Bortles and Derek Carr go from being potentially really good quarterbacks to really good quarterbacks this season by week 12 and 13 the I mean the matchups and how that looks could be really different it could go from you saying all right well Jaguars are beatable Raiders are going to be really tough especially with Khalil Mack on that team Steelers are going to be really tough that's a it could be pretty hard but If Derek Carr is playing like an all-pro quarterback, then you're going to see the Raiders game as a loss. Or you're going to see if Blake Bortles is taking even another step on that game on November 27th, Week 12, is going to be a tough one of the Jaguars coming here. Which I, I think the Jaguars, if you draft high long enough that eventually, and if you get the quarterback, uh, they will be competitive this year. I don't know if they'll be great, but I think they will be competitive. 8030550, the number 1888552550. What's on the table? Has your expectations changed due to the tough offseason? Like I said, mine has not. Now, here's another question that Ross Tucker asked. Ross Tucker is a former Bills offensive lineman, also played for Cleveland. He's a media guy now, he does a podcast. What he threw out there the other day on Twitter was kind of interesting. He asked if Rex Ryan will get a pass for at least the start of the season or maybe just the result of this year because of all the things that have happened in this offseason. So I ask that to you, Nate Geary. 
Will Rex Ryan get a pass from fans because of the things that have gone wrong that are out of his control? I mean, I'm going to have to say you have to agree that they're out of his control. There are some people who say that Rex Ryan is to blame in some way for Darius, he runs a loose ship, and again, might I direct you to the Patriots who had a dude who murdered other dudes on their team. So, I mean, I don't know what... They've had lots of suspensions. The Steelers have had lots of suspensions. It's a pro sports thing, not a Rex Ryan thing, uh, in my opinion. But So if you accept that, that those are not Rex Ryan's fault, will he get a pass from some people because he's gone through a lot that was out of his hands? I don't think he gets a pass from fans because he's not getting a pass like in his after his first year of going 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, he's been under tremendous scrutiny really since taking over. Um, so for me, I don't see that as being a viable option for fans just because, as you know, they're kind of sick and tired of this whole no playoff thing. And if it's another year of playoffless football, it's going to be hard for fans to find a reason. Now, does the organization give Rex Ryan a pass? Now, I think that's something in, up for discussion. I mean, you look at you know Doug Whaley getting his extension in the offseason I mean it basically secured his future for at least the next two or three years with this team and quite honestly I think that you look at Doug Whaley and Rex Ryan it seems like they're gonna be together like they're paired together I don't think Doug Whaley gets another opportunity to hire a coach so organizationally I think he absolutely gets a free pass at this if it turns out that they can't make the playoffs because of all this but the fans are gonna be a tough sell I don't think that he will from either if it goes down because it won't be because the impact of what has happened here in the off season is just not enough to say boy he just couldn't overcome that let me put that more straightforward and without double negatives that if Rex Ryan goes 6 and 10 this year and has Tyrod Taylor as his quarterback and that and he plays well and has Sammy Watkins healthy and a good offensive line, and still has Stephon Gilmore, Kyle Williams, I, I don't think that anybody in the organization or in the fan base would give a pass for that. I think the only way that they would is if Tyrod Taylor goes down. 803-0550, Nate, I'm going to assume that the call screener is right here. Then we welcome in Buffalo Bills Hall of Famer Thurman Thomas. Hi, Thurman. Hey, man, how you doing? I am doing super well. I'm glad you called. What's up? Well, nothing. I was just calling to uh, wish you luck in, in Minnesota. Have you played uh, – how many games did you play in Minnesota in your career? Did you ever play outside there? No, never played outside there, but had one game that I'd rather forget about. I, we won't we won't bring that one up, uh, Thurman. Uh, well, Thurman, thank you very much for uh, making the phone call, man. I really appreciate that. Let me uh, let me ask you about what we're we're talking about real quick. Can I do that? You got a second? Sure. Yeah, I got a second. Just with with the things that have gone wrong here in training camp, what I've been throwing out there today is that it doesn't really change a lot for me for expectations because I think there are so many weapons on offense they can overcome. Darius being out for a, a few games and, you know, missing Ragland and missing Shaq Lawson. Uh, do you agree with that? Yeah. I, I, man, you know, we haven't had a full season of LaShawn, Sammy, and Tyrod together. And I, and I think that's very, very important when you talk about a young football team and 
at the three most probably important positions, you know, on the football field as far as offense and quarterback being number one. I mean, you, you've seen when those guys have played together, they, they've done extremely well, well and, and, and drove defenses crazy. And uh, I, I think on the other side with, with, with the defense, I, I think you do still have some players out there that are capable of making plays for Rex Ryan in this defense. Now, you look at the Jets and what he did uh, with the New York Jets. I mean, they had a couple of superstars, but they were kind of like no-name type of guys. Mm-hmm. Not trying to say that, you know, hey, we got Darius, you know, but we need somebody to replace him while he's suspended. And and I think, you know, that's been kind of the thing with Rex Ryan. He doesn't have a lot of so – we just happen to have a couple of superstars on our football team. And those other guys that are fighting for jobs, man, I, I definitely think um, it, it's going to be a um, a real good season for the – just the way that I feel. And even with the injuries – I think I still think that this team will make the playoffs, and if those three guys on offense can stay healthy, it'll be a tremendous boost uh, for them to, to to make their chances go to the playoffs. Yeah, I'm not just saying it because I'm leaving Thurman, but I really do think this is the year that it ends, and it starts with uh, that offense. Well, let me, before I let you go, Thurman, let me ask you a question. I'm going to go cover Adrian Peterson, which I am super excited about getting to see him up close. Uh, do you have a favorite running back in the league or recently? Um, you know, I, I've this is the first time I've ever really got to see LaShawn up close. And uh, but uh, I, I, you know, there's so many that's coming into the league right now, you know, being drafted real high. I'm, I'm excited to see what Elliott does out with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. You no know, Todd Gurley, you know, the third is out in L.A. I mean, just rejuvenation of the Rams being out there. And I talked to Eric Dickerson, and he decided he thinks he's going to have a great second year. So there's a number of guys now. You know, back a couple of years, you couldn't – Adrian Peterson was probably the only guy that really stood out to a lot of guys, to a lot of people. But now, you know, you have so much. Um, and, and I hey, and just being here in Buffalo, I like what LaShawn does. I like mm-hmm. he can run the ball. He can pick up the blitz. Uh, he can catch the ball a lot of the backfield. So – you know, and to be honest with you, you know, that's kind of all I watch. I watch certain running backs sometimes, but uh, uh, it, the league is changing, and uh, hopefully the running back can be a major part of it right now again. Well, Thurman, I can't tell you how cool it is of you to call and how much that means to me because when I was growing up, you were the guy for me. You were my favorite player of all time, and it's, I don't even know if it's close second place. So having you call to wish me good luck is one of the coolest things that's happened to me since I've been doing this. So thank you for that, man. And, and I wish you the best, and I hope to God you get to see some playoffs this year. <laughs> yeah, I do too. And, uh, you know, if you're going up there, I'll, I'll introduce you, even though to Adrian Peterson, but also to uh, John Randall and, and Paul Cross, who are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. John Randall. All right. You're, you're name-dropping me now, Thurman. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, Thurman, again, super cool. Thanks uh, thanks for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, not a problem, man. Have a great weekend. You too, you too. Real quick, on a real quick Thurman Thomas thing, I was interning in Rochester and uh, with a guy that some people might know named John DeTulio, and Thurman stopped by the studio there. I don't know when it was, why it was, and I could say that it's, uh, it was nerve-wracking. Right, that Thurman Thomas is coming into the studio. I had not met him before. I was just interning, just in college. And as an intern, you sort of expect people to who are really 
what I mean, not just in the Hall of Fame, but just even like in the business to be sort of like, all right, intern, you know, go go sit in the corner, you know, don't even look at, don't even don't look at Thurman Thomas, don't look directly at Thurman Thomas. You could be around him, but don't look at him. And Thurman not only chatted with me about Brockport where I went, but also signed a picture for my dad, who was a huge, huge, obviously we all huge Thurman Thomas fans, but signed a picture for him. We chatted about Brockport and I thought, man, like this was one of the coolest things. So to have Thurman call just now to wish me good luck in Minnesota is awesome. You know, Matthew, I have kind of a similarly cool Thurman Thomas story. Um, Thurman used to run his, like, every year he used to have, like, a camp, the Thurman Thomas training camp. And it would be at, like, the uh, Salins Indoor soccer arenas in, in high school. I, was, I think I was a sophomore going into my junior year. And, you know, obviously it was a Thurman Thomas camp. You got to wear the shirt, and you're like, cool, I'm at Thurman's camp. But you didn't really expect Thurman to be there, like, coaching, like, one-on-one with kids. Like, and I'm 16, and it was just the cool, like, he took me and a couple other guys that were on my high school team aside and, like, was physically, like, coaching us. And I'm just sitting there, like, this is freaking awesome. Like, this is Thurman Thomas taking time out of his day to just, coach up kids that want to learn more and like want to pick his brain about football and like he would just answer every question as if he was just hanging out with you and it was just the coolest thing and i just similar with you it's kind of just you're starstruck being a buffalo fan you know something that i will really miss about being here and i don't know if it's like this in minnesota which by the way stupid minnesota question by me sorry about that thurman i forgot where that super bowl was my bad um but uh with with this community in Buffalo, the number of athletes who have decided to make their life here who are not from here and endear themselves to the community and allow fans an opportunity to get to know them is just a Buffalonian. I mean, Jim goes for this. Craig Reve, who's on Hockey Hotline. Andrew Peters, too. Neither one of those guys grew up in Buffalo, and they've decided to stay here. A number of Buffalo Sabres. Marty Baran is another one. That uh, they have just made themselves a part of the community, and I think it's awesome. I mean, how many places are like that? Where I mean, most of the time we see players from one place or another. They go to their team, they play, then they go back home. And with these guys, it was so special to them that they decided to stay. And Thurman who uh, you know, is apparently listening to the show. So, all right. That's awesome. Thank you, Thurman. I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me. 803-0550, Now, Thurman, if you need any help on analytics in the future, I can, no? You, I want to point out you're probably not as say, excited about Thurman saying congratulations as me opening with Rod Stewart, but I, mean, I assume it's like yeah, a close second. Yeah, close, like a second, close second, right. I'm still weirded out by you opening the show with rod stewart because i'm going so if uh just move on from that right now and we'll go to uh tom and tonawanda here on wgr go ahead tom hey good luck to you in minnesota buddy you did a good job here but i'm sure that if the bills play an undisciplined game committing tons of fouls and you know undisciplined penalties offsides I'm sure and they finish it with a bad record. I'm sure the Rex Ryan will be on a definite hot seat. If they fight hard, you know, play good, good discipline, good defense, you know, and don't and miss it, I'm sure he'll get a pass. Now, any thoughts on the uh, disappointment of uh, Vesey? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll definitely are, are going in that direction uh, soon. 
yes, it is a, a disappointment for Buffalo. I would still say the first thing that comes to mind, Tom, is uh, Tim Murray did the right thing in trying to trade for his rights or, well, in trading for his rights and in trying to woo him over a month period, trying to use Jack Eichel, that exclusive window, for what he gave up, it was worth the chance of bringing in this top college free agent um, who really would not have been a free agent unless he made himself that uh, by playing out his entire college career and declining to go to the Nashville Predators. But it was the right move for Tim Murray. It's a loss for the Sabres because I think when they traded for the rights, we all felt like, and Murray's got to know something, right? He's got to have it in mind that Jimmy Vesey wants to go here, and it didn't turn out that way. He ends up going to the New York Rangers. I am surprised by the choice more than anything, more than I would say upset or whatever else about him not going to Buffalo. Uh, I think their forward group is still very strong. But bizarre a little bit looking at their center group. I've just I've seen a number of other people in hockey say this, and I'm right in line with it. When I look at the New York Rangers and where their team is going direction-wise with their goaltender getting older, Henrik Lundqvist, and their defense core kind of a mess, their center group is okay, but it certainly isn't spectacular. Um, it, 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 it is a little just surprising from a roster standpoint. I mean, he just must have wanted to go to play with his friend Kevin Hayes or Madison Square Garden. I did not get a longer explanation, and maybe we will never get one inside the room, why Jimmy Vesey decided uh, to go to the Rangers. That's what took me aback a little. If he stayed home, okay. If he went to the Blackhawks, uh, Jonathan Taves, that's why he went there. The Rangers, I'm a little surprised. Let's go to uh, Kevin on a cell phone here. Go ahead, Kevin. Good morning, and I wish you the best on your new assignment in Minnesota. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, my thing is, uh, with, with, with Rex Ryan, when they brought him in here as coach, he shot his mouth off. Well, he shot his mouth off when he wasn't here, and I was always turned off by the guy. I was very disappointed that they hired him, but he's the coach. But if, if, if the team doesn't improve and that there, there is a lot of penalty, I think he should be out of here on the first train smoking and taking them <laughs> with him because there's no reason. You know, I, many years ago I played football in high school, and I never liked to run my mouth because I would never like to go out and get out there in the field and get drug all over the field because I ran my mouth. Mm-hmm. I didn't play the, play the game right. But I think what he should do is shut his mouth, let the players play. He doesn't run his mouth. And can I say one more thing about Jimmy VC? Sure. Jimmy VC, I you know what? I just felt all along when he started – when when he, when he talked to the Sabers, he to me just threw the Sabers a bone, and I felt in my I felt in my body he wasn't going to come here anyway, and I think he went to New York because he probably he he was looking for uh, um, notoriety or maybe maybe af- being able to be advert- you know get uh, endorsements. Yeah. But I think but I think Jimmy v- Jimmy Vesey missed the boat here in Buffalo because he's going to be he's going to be looking at us with raising the cup. And he's going to be standing his head and saying, wow, I wish I had went there. Hey, thanks a lot. And again, best of luck to you and Godspeed. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that very much. And with what you said, I think the trajectory of the two teams is what makes it surprising. I mean, the Rangers have a very good chance to make the playoffs this year, but long term, over the next couple of seasons, are they going to be better than the Sabres? 
Does an opportunity to play with Ryan O'Reilly or Jack Eichel not trump some of the centers that they have there? JT Miller, Mika Zibanejad, these are not players of Jack Eichel's level. 803-0550-1-888-550-2550. We will get a little deeper into Jimmy Vesey uh, with Brian Koziel, and uh, I'm distracted by the awesomeness of Thurman Thomas calling in to say <laughs> congratulations and uh, you know good luck in Minnesota. So John Randall, I, w- I would love to meet John Randall. 90s football players are, you know, I d- we'll talk about them for days. One of the things maybe I'll try to do in Minnesota, if they'll let me, because I've been lucky enough here in Buffalo that my boss lets me do almost anything I want with articles, with podcasts, whatever else. I would love to do a podcast just about the 90s players that I liked in football. The list is so long, it could be never-ending. And John Randall with the eye black and just one of the best pass rushers from the defensive tackle position was way up there. So Thurman comes on and name drops John Randall as well. Well, thank you to him for that. And for the phone calls, we'll continue to talk about how the expectations have changed after this offseason. A lot of people, including Thurman, I asked him, uh, haven't changed their expectations. They still see it as a playoff caliber team, even if Darius is out for a few games, even if Ragland is out for the season that the offense is the thing we're focusing on, which I know feels weird from some of the past seasons that we've had here, but the offense is still the focus. And, okay, when we come back, I will let Nate do this. Um, He's got a few Giants trivia for me, a few Giants trivia questions, and the Bills will play the Giants at 4 o'clock this afternoon. We'll have the broadcast here. Sal Capaccio starts the pregame show. I think it's officially or not officially, whatever it is, at uh, 2 o'clock. He will follow me, and then he'll be on the sideline for the game. John Murphy, Mark Kelso with the call, and then Nate and I and Brayton will be all back for the postgame show tonight. So lots of Bills going on here today on WGR. All right, back here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Matthew Collar with you as uh, we lead up to tonight's game between tonight, this afternoon, late afternoon, not quite twilight. What do you want to call a 4 p.m. start? Late afternoon start against the New York Giants at New Era Field, which I, I think I've transitioned pretty quickly from calling it the Ralph to New Era Field, but an exciting new change for the Bills out there. I'm not so sure about the nickname The Cap and how that will catch on. I think those things sort of have to be organic, right? Like people have to start calling it that. But maybe once the season starts going and it's got the sign that says The Cap outside, that that's what people will start calling it. Now, I think when they build the new downtown stadium and they put a retractable dome on it, that it should look like a hat. No? No, not a great idea. Okay. Uh, 8030550 to jump on. Talk about Rex Ryan. Will he get a pass is probably the wrong way to put it. More of will people be understanding if the Bills do not make the playoffs this year and Rex Ryan went through so much? I think the answer is no. And it points back to LaShawn McCoy, Sammy Watkins, Tyrod Taylor, the best offense that this Bills team has had in a very long time. I would not put them as the best offense in the league going into the season. That's reserved for your Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and your elite quarterbacks, Cam Newton. But in terms of being good enough to make the playoffs as an offense, that's where I'm focused. I am not focused on thinking that the defense is going to collapse if Marcel Darius isn't there for a few games. 
or if Reggie Ragland isn't there for this season or Shaq Lawson not there for the first half of the year. We expected that guys would miss games. Now, the one that I am concerned about at the moment is Aaron Williams. I think he's a key part of the defense, a very smart player, the type that Rex Ryan really requires in his defense. I thought it hurt the Bills a lot last year not to have him, so they will need him back for week one. He is injured right now, still in concussion protocol, which is is very concerning considering that he was coming off of the neck injury. But the way that I'm looking at it with the talent they still have on defense, if you can be average with the offense they have, and my expectation of Sammy Watkins to go from last year a very good player to this year a superstar in the league, last half of last season they threw it to Sammy Watkins a lot more and his numbers – Stuck out big time. He had great games, dominant games in the second half of last season. I think there's no reason they shouldn't be able to do that again. The only way Rex Ryan will get excused or a pass is if Tyrod Taylor plays six games and they miss the playoffs. If he plays 14 to 16, then there won't be any excuse not to do it just because Darius missed a couple of games with a suspension. 8030551888552550. Let's go to Mike in Buffalo here on WGR. How's it going, Mike? Hey, how you doing out here? I'm doing okay. You're following Thurman Thomas, so good luck with that. Yeah, yeah, right. Hey, I just want to say I think Rex has done what any good leader would do. He surrounded himself with uh, you know, good people, good coaches. And uh, of course we've gotten knocked down, you know, pretty much every day. But uh, I think they'll be able to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I think Rex is a good leader. His past is his past. We've taken our hits, but we do have good leaders on both the offensive and defensive lines to fill that position. And uh, I think Incognito, Kyle Williams, those types of guys will definitely do their job in that in that aspect. So the drama from training camp has not changed things for you then? Uh, a little bit, but, you know, we're so used to it in Buffalo. And we always <laughs> know if we can get it together, we can do something. I think we'll definitely do it this year. All right, thanks for the call, Mike. I appreciate it. The way that I look at it is it's been the nature of some of the players that have been lost that colors the perception maybe a little bit differently than what the actual impact would be. Marcel Darius being suspended again for this issue, it's upsetting. If Marcel Darius was dinged up and missing for four games, we wouldn't say end of the world. We would say it's going to be tough to fill those shoes for four games. But there, you get more angry and more upset when it's the guy doing it to himself with a suspension. And so you, in your mind, you blow it up more than the actual impact of missing just a couple of games. And the Reg, Reggie Ragland injury, the hype around him from the team is another part of it. You see what I mean? The way that they've talked about, the way these things have been talked about versus actual impact. It's not to say that it's okay or that missing Marcel Darius for four games is going to be all right. It certainly is not. And it's a very frustrating thing to have happen when your superstar player on a defense that's supposed to improve this year has to be out of the lineup for missing a drug test. Uh, or with Reggie Ragland, where you're excited about a pick that you thought you wouldn't be able to get in the second round, who was going to be a starter, and he goes down. But in terms of if all these players, if you didn't look at it with what you had heard about the hype of Reggie Ragland, 
maybe we would look at it differently. That's it's all I'm, I'm really getting at is that it can seem a little worse in your mind because every day it's like there's been a Bill story coming out where it makes you go again, again, and then it adds and it adds and it adds. But at the moment, Sammy Watkins looks like he is going to be ready to go week one. And that was the biggest thing other than Tyrod Taylor staying healthy that I've been focused on. 803-0550, Brian Koziel will stop by in a few minutes to talk about Jimmy Vesey deciding to pick the New York Rangers over the Buffalo Sabres and a number of other teams. Also, uh, Nate Geary will have some Ranger, or I'm sorry, some New York Giants trivia to throw at me when we come back. So Brian Koziel is going to join us in five minutes. Talk about Jimmy Vesey. We'll get back to Bills and we'll look at some positional battles. We'll get some. We'll get really football-y here in the third hour. We've got a football game tonight at four o'clock out at New Era Field, and we'll have that for you with John Murphy and Mark Kelso and Sal Capaccio here on WGR. All right, back here on WGR Sports Radio five fifty. We will talk in just a moment to Brian Koziel about Jimmy Vesey watch finally coming to an end as he joins the New York Rangers. Let's go first to Tony in South Buffalo. How are you, Tony? Good. I'm really good. I I, I just can't take it anymore. I'm 65. I've been I've been following the Bills every year. I, I can't believe that people are saying Rex is such a good leader. If he's such a good leader, how come we have the same penalties every game? How come we the easiest schedule last year, we only won eight games? Eight games, that's it. And I also can't believe that you think we're going to make the playoffs. Look at the schedule I get in front of me. How can they win more than eight games? Tony, did you hear my stat earlier about uh, the Bills having one of the easiest schedules of quarterbacks Get, against? Go through it. Get it in front of you. I have it right in front of me, Tony. Get it in front of you. It's Saturday and it's nice out. Why are you sounding so angry, Tony? Because I, I can't believe that we got this bull on this Rex Ryan. Terry Kubiak gets fired from Houston. Goes to Denver and wins the Super Bowl with a defense, has no quarterback, but Rex Ryan gets a pass and ruins our defense. Okay, let's just hold on. First of all, it's the first Super... I knew this was going to be a thing. It's the first team that's won the Super Bowl in like 20 years who didn't have a great quarterback. All right? So saying why didn't Rex do it is because it's a supreme outlier. Also... If I'm looking at the schedule that is one of the easiest against quarterbacks in the league, that makes me feel like they could still make the playoffs. Now, if you want to say that you don't believe in Rex, so even if they have the roster that they won't make it anyway, I can understand that point. There are a lot of people who don't believe in Rex. I'm not the, I didn't say Rex Ryan was the greatest leader. I didn't say that. That was a caller who said that. I was knocked down a peg last year with the way some of the players questioned Rex Ryan. And I'm curious what happens this year. And I have questioned his bragging about being top 10 defenses all the time when that has not been the case in points in quite some time. But it's been the case in yards, so it can be kind of skewed depending on which stat you decide to use. So I am not sitting here saying that... Rex Ryan is the best coach in the league that he's going to do all I just, I think they have the roster to make the playoffs and I think that they're playing a schedule that allows that to be possible with the best offense they've had in a very long time. Can I add something to that Matthew? Sure, do we have Brian Cozio? He's ready. All yeah. right, add it quick. Okay. Uh Peyton Manning, a bad Peyton Manning is still Peyton Manning. Still, first of all, still Peyton Manning. Secondly, 
Gary Kubiak has nothing to do with the defense. He is an offensive coach. He put a defensive coordinator named Wade Phillips, who may go down as probably one of the better defensive coordinators of all time running that defense with just uber, uber talent everywhere. So let's just reel it back on trying to compare it to the Denver Broncos of last year. Or just ever doing that anyway. Or the 2000 Baltimore Ravens. It's just like so played out. The uh, Trent Dilfer phone call, basically the new one. Uh, Brian Koziel, let's bring him in now. So, Brian, what I've been saying this morning is that my expectation for the Bills to make the playoffs with this roster does not change with Marcel Darius being out a few games because stuff happens, players go out, that they still have the quarterback in the offense to make it this year. Uh you on board with that? I am on board. I think that we've seen, obviously, the trend. You just mentioned it, that offense is still going to carry most teams in their success. So you do have, you know, the flyer every once in a while. Now, I know people say, oh, look at Denver's D, look at Seattle's D, you know, before that. Yeah, well, guess what? They still had a tremendous offense. Like, Marshawn Lynch, Russell Wilson, that was a tremendous one-two punch. So I – I will listen that their D was very good, but I also want to not say that they didn't carry an offense. Their offense also won them a lot of games, scored a lot of points, and Russell Wilson was phenomenal during those Super Bowl years that the Seahawks went back-to-back. So Taylor has to be great, and if he is, I think they can get in. I think the AFC is gettable again in terms of who you put in that second tier of teams. Maybe after you say, all right, well, if you're conceding, the division to the Patriots even, okay, who's the next set of teams that are fighting in the wild card? I don't see any reason why if Taylor plays great that Buffalo is any worse off than any of these other teams that we'd throw into the mix in the AFC. Yeah, the AFC East and how it looks is a big part of it. I mean, if um, you know Tom Brady is missing these four games and Jimmy Garoppolo isn't, oh, I don't know, like Tom Brady that much, (laughs) uh, which I don't think anybody is, and I'm just not buying into Ryan Fitzpatrick being able to repeat last year or even Ryan Tannehill as a high-quality or unbeatable starter. So I look at this schedule and I say the quarterbacks just are not that impressive outside of a couple of guys. So I'm looking at it that way. But the reason I wanted you to to call in, Brian, and people could still chime in at 803-0550, but I don't know how you can muster up that much rage on a great day outside like this. Um, Speaking of rage, do you have any toward Jimmy Vesey for picking the Rangers and not the Buffalo Sabres, Brian? I do not have any rage. I guess there's a piece of me that if I was Tim Murray would be disappointed, but Vesey said how it was going to play out. Not in terms of who he's going to pick, but that he was going to wait until August 15th, and then he was going to meet with other teams, and he said he wanted to play close to home, and God, everything that he said kind of has happened. You know, that, to me, there's a little, I guess, a little curiosity of whether he thinks, is this a decision? Well, I have a little curiosity of whether or not I think, is this a decision for him for the immediate future or for the long term? It's for the immediate future the Pittsburgh-Chicago story of, hey, let's go in and win, seems more applicable. But for the Rangers, you know, they're a perennial team that competes. I think they're in a little transition of getting out of their defensive Henrik win with Henrik Lundqvist and nothing else mode. I think they're starting to collect a nice set of younger forwards, and they might be transitioning, especially after how they got beat by Pittsburgh by essentially getting outdone by speed and skill in that series. So, 
I don't expect the Rangers to not be in the mix ever, at least in the East. They're always going to be there, at least I think, because I think they're a pretty well-run organization. So I think for him, maybe he's looking long-term, too, at a team like Buffalo that said, look, if I'm going to play well, no matter where I'm at, I want the monster deal after that. Maybe he thought with Eichel and Reinhardt and Ristolainen that Buffalo wasn't going to be able to provide that, and maybe a few years from now with the Rangers, Lundqvist will be gone, and there'll be a ton of money there for him. Yeah, it's just, right, I guess so. I mean, I, I was always looking at this is is it a two-year decision or is it a ten-year decision? I mean, is this where you want to spend the next decade, uh, where you believe you're going to fit in for a long term, or is it to get, like you said, to that next contract, put up some playoff goals, and then get paid big time the next time around? And I'm not so sure that the Rangers are the best spot, though. I mean, I agree with you, Brian, that they're a playoff contender, that uh, they do have a strong forward group now. I think their defense is a mess. Lundqvist is still really good. They scored a lot of goals last year. I think he will score and probably put up some points. In terms of Stanley Cup contenders, though, I look at their center group and say, I just don't think that they're in the mix for me to win a Stanley Cup. I feel like the Sabres will be in that mix with Eichel and O'Reilly much quicker than the Rangers, even if the Rangers do get into the playoffs. I mean, am I underappreciating the Rangers here? No, I I think you're right. I think think that's why I think... I said they're kind of. I think they're in transition. I think that they realized when they played Pittsburgh last year. Boy, our D looks slow and old, and Lundqvist can't save us all the time. Especially that he's getting older and he may suffer more injuries. So, you know, I, I think this is maybe why they were obviously you're, you're in pursuit of Vici because he was a great college player. But I think they're in pursuit of him because they realize they need more speed, they need more skill up front, and this obviously is one of the pieces that could possibly get them there. So. Yes, I think it's got to be more for him. He must be looking at it that I want to be a career ranger. Because for you, I agree. If it is, I want to win a cup and I want to get myself exposed to the NHL to the point where I can land that monster deal with a a different team. I don't think the Rangers are that team. I wouldn't say that the Rangers aren't going to be in the playoffs next year, but I also wouldn't be shocked if they somehow maybe just missed out either. And that maybe doesn't put VC where he wants to be. But I guess if he looks at it as, hey, I'm going to be a cornerstone for them for 10 years and part of this transition, then maybe that's where he wants to be. And I don't know how much he truly valued, really, the off-the-ice stuff that obviously, you know, you'd have to get him to really open up to talk about. How much did he truly value the fact that he's a short car ride away from his family? Mm -hmm. How much did he truly value maybe being in a city that, can lend itself to not only be exciting, of course, what New York has to offer, but maybe with landing marketing deals, endorsements, all that sort of stuff. I mean, and let's face it, he's also coming out of college. The the lure of the fame when you've got famous people calling you New York City, like that's got to have a little influence, I would think, that he's, you know, at that age where that might have some sort of influence. And the Rangers obviously pulled out all the stops. Brian Cozio with me here. One more question for you, Brian. So what now for the Sabres? I mean, is their forward group set? Is it about looking at maybe adding one more defenseman or maybe a big trade or signing someone like Yuri Hoodler or Brandon Peary, the two top forwards who are still remaining? What do you think Tim Murray decides to do here? Well, I, I would have to think – I didn't think that they were looking to – necessarily dump Evander Kane because of his off-the-ice stuff. But now I feel like that 
had VC come on board, I think maybe Murray could have thought that okay, is there is there somebody that maybe could give us just anything for him that I could feel like I didn't lose this trade with Winnipeg 100%. But now I think you're just saying, okay, look at let's address the Kane situation with him and deal with it. Maybe a year from now or next year's trade deadline, it's a different story. But I had a couple of people ask, like, is, is Kane going to be on the roster to start the season? I don't see him getting traded here in this, you know, next offseason month here. So I think he's still there. Gergensen's is a guy I know we've talked about it a lot. Where does he fit in? I mean, he's played everywhere from the first line all the way down to the fourth line and at various positions. I wonder where they think he is and if he has any value that could be a part of a trade. I, don't, I just don't see a blockbuster. I feel like GMs at this point are still in their kind of old-school mentality of thinking of, look, and I'm not saying Tim Murray is, but I think people that he would want to deal with, they're not going to do a blockbuster trade weeks before they start doing prospect camp and training camps and things like that. I just I don't see it happening. I think you could see a minor signing. I just I don't. If you're looking for like, hey, they're going to bring in a guy that can play on the top line. I just I don't see a trade like that happening at this point. Brian, how's your uh, little kid party that I took you away from to call in? It's excellent. Um, I don't know if you, there's they're playing games with like whistles and stuff. I don't even know if you can hear it in the background, but it's it feels about 110 degrees. I tried uh-huh. to get under. I tried to get back into a little quiet spot underneath a tree, and uh, it's amazing holding a cell phone up to your head here in the middle of summer, and it's like dripping sweat. Not to uh, try to paint an ugly picture, but not pretty. <laughs> oh, I uh, we had a moving sale this morning, just like a yard sale, Brian, and yeah. I was carrying bicycles and patio furniture out to the lawn and boxes. And so as I sort of got everything set up and was ready to, all right, everyone, come buy my stuff. And I looked down, and the entire front of my shirt was just completely covered in sweat. So, like, oh, this is good for sales. Just yes. looked well, really it, gross and it, smell terrible. It still is better than moving in the snow, I guess. And I should officially on air, even though I've seen you a couple of times in, before, uh, congratulate you on your exciting new job uh, opportunity in Minnesota. So I've really enjoyed the conversations we've had on – Sabres pre-games and post-games and intermissions and on our Saturday chats, so I look forward to doing it again when the Wild are in town. Yes, yes, for sure. Well, Brian, thank you for that and uh, all the airtime that you gave me to talk about the Amherst, even though I'm not sure everyone listening even knew who I was talking about half the time. Um, <laughs> but uh, thank, thank you for all that and for taking the time to stop by and uh, talk some Jimmy Vesey. You got it. Have a great weekend. All right, thanks, Brian. Okay. And now we will never talk about Jimmy VZ ever again. Deal? Everyone? <laughs> After the news broke, it was like, okay, we're done with Jimmy VZ talk. It gave us a little fun to talk about throughout the summer. Then it became frustrating and I think made everyone sort of not like Jimmy VZ. And now he's a Ranger and we can all move on. But I do think another move is on the way for the Sabres, uh, maybe to add a defenseman. That seems like uh, where they're going to be. The Minnesota Wild, by the way. I am downgrading, I think, in terms of roster pretty badly. The Minnesota Wild are us in 2011-12. They just added Bruce Boudreaux and Eric Stahl, which are kind of like their Ville Leno and Christian Erhoff in a way. I know Bruce Boudreaux is a coach, but... It's the last swing desperation shot at not having to tank yet. 
hoping to squeeze out as many playoff games as possible, slip into eighth place and make it on the last day, and then just hope and pray that you can go anywhere in the postseason. 32 years old, Zach Parise, 31-year-old Ryan Suter. It's not quite as exciting as Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhart, Rasmus Ristolainen, and Ryan O'Reilly. I got to tell you. It's not the same. Hockey is exciting to cover. I'll be very happy to be in a hockey city. If I, if I was leaving for a non-hockey city, I think I would be very sad. That if, if they didn't have you know NHL there or even give me some AHL, you know I love covering the, uh, the Amherst and stuff. But if I couldn't go to hockey games, I'd be pretty upset. But not being able to watch... Well, I'll still be watching, guys. Don't worry. I mean, I mean, I've got the game pass, and I'm going to be paying close attention to the Sabres. But having Jack Eichel like 10 minutes from my house and being able to just wander into the arena anytime I want to watch him, uh, that's something I'm going to miss because the way the direction of the Sabres right now versus teams like the Wild or the I put the Rangers in this or the Bruins, teams that are slipping teams that have had stars who are getting older versus a team that has, to me, one of the top five young players in the NHL, if not number two behind Connor McDavid, uh, is going to be pretty awesome. And watching 31-year-old Eric Stahl, I'm not quite as excited about. But that's, that's all right. That's all right. Okay, Giants trivia. Nate got caught up with uh, connecting with the Bills for the game a little later today uh, on the other side here. So we will do... Some Giants trivia is going to test my knowledge of the New York Giants. When we come back, Matthew Collar here. We've got the game coming up today, 4 o'clock. Sal Capaccio on the sideline, and it will be John Murphy and Mark Kelso in the booth. Sal will be coming up after me at 2 o'clock and uh, start to preview the game. He'll go position by position. He'll get deep into the football-y football stuff. And uh, then after the game, I'll be back along with Nate and Brayton to break it all down. So that's uh, what's going on here today. Bills and Giants out at New Era Field here on WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 